Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. And if you have your Bible with me, you can follow along with me. I'm going to start out from Habakkuk, chapter 2. I'm going to be reading verse 2 through 4. I'm going to read it from the English Standard Version. Habakkuk, chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 2 to verse 4. And the version I'm using is the English Standard Version. And it says, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, and it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come, and it will not delay. Behold. His soul is puffed up. It's not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith, by his faith. I want y'all to repeat after me. He said, the righteous shall live by his faith. You may be seated. Father, I just thank you today as I give myself totally to you, Lord God, spirit, soul, and body. Father, as I decrease, I pray that you increase in me. Help me to convey your word. Just think through my mind on the day. Speak through my vocal cords and use me as a vessel of clay to bring honor and glory unto you, Lord. Father, we thank you. You've given us the power over the works of darkness, and none of those things by any means shall be able to harm us. Therefore, we already know Satan is bound. He will not interfere, hinder, nor steal the word that's going to be sown into the hearts of God's people throughout this this service on today. And Father, we thank you right now for the blessing of allowing this ministry to be in existence for 36 years and counting. We thank you, Lord God, for your grace, which is sufficient, which is in operation upon this house and upon the life of Pastor Happ and his lovely wife, Dr. Happ, my mom and pop in the faith. And all the members who have the who has the heart to serve, not just them, Lord God, but to serve you and to serve this community. I thank you, Lord God, that you're gonna move and have your way in this service on today. It's in Jesus' mighty name as I pray. Let the people of God say amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I've had you to start out in turbulent times. People said it was impossible to start this because of looking at your background. But you knew within your heart that this is what the word of the Lord ever spoken to you. And because you held fast to that word and didn't have any people really, a few that really believed, but then there was most of them that didn't truly believe in the nature of the assignment of what you were called to do. 
But you didn't allow the naysayers or even, even those who was important. You kept your focus so much on the word that you said, Lord, I'm not going to let it go regardless. Well, God, whatever I lose, whoever's for me, whoever's giving me, I'm not going to let this word go. I'm going to hold on this word because, Lord, I trust you. And the Lord said, I've taken you through so many obstacles. You've been through several dark times, but the only thing that gave you light was the word of God. You, you consume yourself with it. You said, Lord, let these words on this page become me. Let me become a living epistle of your word. I just want to please you. I just want to serve you. I'm not in this to serve man. I don't want the spotlight on me so it could be about me. I want it to be about you. You made these confessions over the course of 36 years. And the Lord said, I've allowed your faith to be witnessed by millions because you never made the message about yourself. You always kept me the focus. And because you kept me the focus, I'm the one that's glorifying you. I'm the one that's going to continuously keep you in the exalted place because you love me like no other. The favor that I've placed upon your life has caused many men, both secular and even saved, to come to listen to your counsel because they see my power in operation in your life. And you have given them wise counsel. And the Lord said there's some that was in the secular community that received your wise counsel, but they're going to have to come back and give honor to where honors do. Because they have prospered beyond what anybody could have given them insight because you've given them the insight that I placed within you. And you gave it to them without charge. But however, they have prosper beyond their life. But the Lord said, I'm turning their hearts right now around to come back to honor you, to give what is due to you. Even though you didn't ask for anything, you did it as my vessel to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. And the Lord said, be prepared for these men, for these women to come and, 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 and apologize because they're repenting to me but they're going to come to honor you because you are my set man in this region. That's why many have fallen aside and many have drawn envy because you are my set man in this region because you did not deviate from my message about faith. You kept the message about faith in my son. You kept the message about faith at all times and how to walk in faith in adversity, how to walk in faith in good times, and how to stay in faith when you don't even know which way you're going to go. But you can look at the word and keep the word before your eyes and don't depart from your say, This is what you kept my people at. And because of that, my son, I am well pleased with thee. I promise you long life that is satisfying unto thee. I promise to add to your life. I promise to give you things that you deeply desire, but you never really come and request me of those things. I'm getting ready to add things to your life because your focus was to delight yourself in me and not in man and not in yourself and not in other things. And because you delighted yourself in me, I'm getting ready to give you things that you desire with from your heart and things that I desire from my heart because your ways have been committed to me, said the Lord. And I'm getting ready to bring it to pass. I'm getting ready to bring it to pass. I'm getting ready to bring it to pass. There's other land and property I'm getting ready to have you to acquire because I'm getting ready to expand your territory. I'm getting ready to enlarge your boundaries all because I, the Lord, trust you, said the Lord. Come on, y'all, give the Lord praise.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes, Lord. Do you understand that though that word was spoken to dad and mom, if you're a part of Harvest Church, that word applies to you. I'm going to say that again. See, some of y'all think just because I was speaking to him, I'm not talking to you. If you're a part of Harvest Church, that word applies to you. See, see, when, when you are connected to the head and you're a part of the body, that oil is going to flow down on you. And as that oil flows down on you, the oil that came down on the head is the same oil that's going to touch you. And if the increase touched the head, and you're a part of the body, glory to God is going to get down on you. That's why it's important that you stay connected to this church. You, some of you online that have not been physically in the building, you have to repent and get back in the house because there's much work to do in this house. I'm doing a great and new and mighty thing. You thought you seen something in 36 years. You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm getting ready to place this place that's called the place of all because this is where my glory abides. This is where my power is received and this is where my love abides. Y'all better stay with me this morning. Hallelujah. Take your expectation off of you. Put your expectation on him. That's going to help you to endure. You have to look under Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. He is the one that's going to help you to endure. But you've been looking at yourself, and some of you are losing heart and fainting within your minds. Because your expectation is on you. Put your expectation on him. He all the one that's already overcome the world. I say he's the one that's already overcome the world. That is our faith. That is our testimony. That's how we're able to be more than the conquerors in him because he already defeated everything that the darkness tried to contend up against him. Satan is a defeated foe. And when you know he's a defeated foe, you'll walk in this confidence, glory to God. You'll stand in the midst of adversity and say, what you got to do? What, what, what can you do to me? If God be for me, who can be against me? your weapons. I'm getting ready to show you that it won't prosper. Go ahead and keep speaking accusation because I know every word you spoke is going to boomerang and come back onto you because they can't touch this because as long as I abide in love, glory to God, the wicked one touches not. He can't touch this. Y'all repeat after me say the wicked one can't touch me. He can't touch this. I gotta celebrate this 36 years of kicking the devil's butt, subduing territory, taking over the scene. See, what God is getting ready to do here in Kansas City, He's getting ready to humble some people in here. 
He getting ready to humble some people in the city who have spoken words against this man and woman of God. He getting ready to humble some people and their lives are going to depend upon it. Y'all playing around with God, thinking God don't hear your conversation. If he struck Miriam with leprosy, what do you think he won't happen to you? He the devil doing all this stuff. We know we got the God of grace and, and love, but however, he will quickly put, allow something to happen to you because of your heart is resistant to who, who he called to set to be the man. Inside. I hear you, Lord. They, 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 Dad, they're running around trying to have conferences to outdo you, and it, the, the purpose of the conference had nothing to do with the Lord, but it was trying to show you up. God said, I'm getting ready to deal with that. We're not supposed to be in competition, competing against each other. We're supposed to help complete each other. How can two walk together lest they agree? You should not be, be upset and envious of your brother because if you're upset and envious of your brother, that means you truly don't understand the blessing. The blessing of God is happy. It'll make you be blessed and be fortunate. Why? Because it's God's hand on your life. And if God's hand is on your life, I'm getting ready to celebrate with you. Because the same God that blessed you is the same God that blessed me. He's no respecter person. However, he's looking for somebody who has faith. Y'all expecting this morning. In fact, in the name of Jesus. I didn't come to this region for no, re for no reason. There's a purpose for this. Yeah, I'm here to celebrate my mom and dad in the faith 36 years. But I'm in this region as a prophet of the Lord. And I command as I send forth the word of God that about time you leave this service, everything in your house is going to be changed for the glory of God. There will be no lack. There will be no decrease. There will be no type of untimely death. In the name of Jesus, you're going to live a long and prosperous life. You're going to come in to the fullness of the divine purpose that the Lord has already established and begin in your life because he is the faithful one. So in the name of Jesus, every enemy I command to scatter away from your life seven ways never to return. May the overflowing blessing all that's on this house flow to you, flow to you, flow to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, you just thought this was going to be a, a dog and pony show. Just get the message and go home. No, no, no. We, we, we taking over today. We getting ready to tear down things that's been trying to hinder you. You can't be a part of this body and not be in a place of overflow and blessing. There's no poverty-minded mentality up in here. We called to live the abundant life. This is what our Lord gave us. And we're going to live this abundant life to the full. Till it overflows. Glory to God. See, when you got backup bodyguards like Shirley Goodness and Mercy, who's following you all the days of your life, glory to God. You ain't worried about nobody come up behind you to try to betray you because the Lord your God is your rear guard. And he is the one that's going to watch over you. 
y'all got to get, y'all, y'all pulling on me, y'all pulling on me this morning, I'm trying to get my message up. Y'all pulling. Ooh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me, 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 let me get this message out. <laughs> it's good to see my brother here. Pastor David Walker, Marine Corps. We're going to have a conversation with Dad later on about that. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is lovely wife. Blessings to you. Hallelujah. Now, I, I got to get this thing out because I want to be respectful of time. I, 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 I believe we got a, a mantra back home. He who preaches too long don't come back. <laughs> And I want to be respectful of the time because I do want to come back. Amen. I remember the first time I came here, I sat right there in that chair, right where you're sitting at, sir. And uh, I tell you what, I'm blown away I'm up here on this stage. Because to be up on this sacred desk right here, you have to be consecrated. The oil that's sitting on this house. See, there's no oil deficiency up in here, Harvest Church. See, if there was an oil deficiency, then that means the Holy Spirit is not here and the anointing is not present. Then we'd have an Ichabod church. Then you wouldn't see me. Me and Dad would have never met each other. But the Lord would allow us to connect for him to properly cover me and my family and even my work that I'm called to do. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. But I want to explain to you about a vision. We hear people talk about vision. There's so many people writing vision boards. I'm seeing more and more people having vision parties. But let me explain to you the true meaning of a vision. Thank you. A true meaning of a vision. A vision is a revelation. A revelation is revealed when you know Jesus personally. You got to personally know Christ to get a vision. You look back at Habakkuk chapter 2, verse number 2. He says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. We got people right now all around the world telling you that you need to write your own vision. And the Lord never said it. Do you know that when you create a vision that the Lord never told you to to establish that when that thing is tried by fire and it's destroyed, that means you've done something in vain. We got a lot of vain visions out here today, and it's a lot of puffed up things that is really all about me, myself, and I. That thing, you need to learn how to die to self. If you learn to die to self, then you'll get a true vision because there's no way in the world you can follow Jesus and still be about me, myself, and I. And so we have a lot of preachers out here speaking what the Lord told me to say, with no oil. It's only because they speak of their own spirit and not by the spirit of God who helps them to follow the gospel. If the gospel change from what, is, what the Father established, then it's going to create an accursed. And this is what's happening. We got a lot of believers in various churches around the world that's wondering why they feel like they're in a curse and they keep saying, I need to break this generational curse. Let me tell you something. If Christ Jesus didn't break it, how are you going to break it? 
It's because you're connected to somebody who's speaking of their own spirit, and they're not speaking about the spirit of the word. And when they're not speaking about the spirit of the word, it creates a vision inside of you, an imagination. And if it's an imagination that does not line up with the word of God, it's a vain thing, and it will bound you. Which brings me to my first point. God's power at work shows that God is pleased. God's power at work shows God is pleased. And the scripture to back that up is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because we must believe that what? He is and he's a what? A rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So in order for me to stay in a place of obedience, I had to do my due diligence of seeking him. This is much more than a Saturday night preparation to come up here Sunday morning to minister. This is a lifestyle. I said this is a lifestyle. Yeah, I hear you, Lord. See, some of y'all come in here Sunday morning message only to, to get it for today, but it's supposed to be for a lifestyle. This is how we're supposed to live and conduct ourselves if we're calling ourselves to be in righteousness or live in righteousness. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 and 6. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, through verse 5 and verse 6. Would y'all put up the English Standard Translation, please? There, thank you. It says, likewise, you young people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to the one another and be clothed with humility for, verse 6, God resists the proud. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. But why does God resist the proud? Because see, them proud people, the one who wrote that vision without conferring with God. But they try to get you to buy into it and say God is all on this, but there's no scripture to support it. A vision will never survive in a spiritual fight if there's no word to support it. I'm going to say that again. A, a, a vision will not survive if there's no spiritual word to support it because it's God's word that's going to support it. Remember, when you operate in a place of humility, God's power is going to be released. Which brings me to my second point. It takes humility to stay in the exalted place and to continue to be led by the Spirit. Of God. It takes humility. Then he not say he says he gives grace to the humble. That's God's unmerited favor. That's his power resting on you to do what you naturally couldn't do without him. But you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you by his grace and by his spirit. The message of the gospel is what powers us. It's just not just to save us, but it's to power us to walk. <laughs> yes, Lord, to walk or work our salvation out with fear and trembling while living here in the land of the living. Because you're going to come up against challenges. Because look what Matthew chapter 23, verse 12 says. Matthew 23, verse 12. It says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. These are the words of Christ. 
That's why he gave me the title of my, my message. It's a God thing. <laughs> you must understand. There's some people trying to do a God thing and don't have no understanding. See, unbelievers has been trying to copycat or the world's been trying to copycat what the church is doing. And, and this is what saddens me the most is that we have people who claim themselves to be believers, but yet they act worldly and they begin to ridicule and try to ostracize one who begin to start walking in the fulfillment of a vision. Imagine how many words were said before they pulled on the property. Why does the church need a property like that? Because God needs it. When God has needs of it, he's looking for somebody who he can trust to, to manage it. This, this, this property and the properties would have never been transferred over to dad and mom had they not been in position of obedience. But I'm reminded of the word of God over in Isaiah chapter 119 where it says, If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Every last one of us here should be eating good. Because our Heavenly Father know what we have need of. Because we didn't put the priority on ourselves or our focus on things. We put our focus on him. When you understand Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, you're seeking him. You're seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then you know all the things are going to be added to your life. One thing I've learned in my faith walk as a pastor is that I've kept my eyes on Jesus, that I've kept my eyes on him and delighted myself in him. He just started adding things I didn't even request, even though I desired. He started adding, 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 adding. And I looked around and I said, Lord, you blessed me with this. You blessed me with that. He said, I know, son, because I know the thoughts and intents of your heart. That's why I added to your life, because your focus is on me and not on things. If you come into the Lord in prayer for things, you already started out wrong. You don't have the right type of faith and confidence in God's word to come to God just asking for things. Because when you have the confidence in the word, your focus is on the word. And when you know that you have God confidence, this is the confidence that we have in him. That when we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and then he adds these things to us. The only reason why nothing has been added, it ain't got nothing to do with time. It's got everything to do with your anxious heart. When your heart is anxious, when the Bible tells us to be not anxious for absolutely nothing, you got to have patience. And when you have true Bible patience, patience will have its perfect work, that you may be full or complete, lacking nothing. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your mouth in the word. Keep your mouth in the word. James chapter 3 talks about bridling your tongue. Keep your mouth in the word. When you're, when you're following a visionary, keep your mouth in the word because there's going to be some things that the visionary is going to have to do because, they're un, because he's under orders that you're not going to understand. One thing I've learned when I was in the Marine Corps, when general Generals have orders and they give it out through the command. When about time it reached down through the ranks of the lowly private, the private is not privileged to everything up top. So the, the, the command is going to do things that as a private you may end up questioning, but you shouldn't question because you're not in a position of authority to question. But what's happening in the body of Christ, we begin to question pastor when they begin to do something that needs to be done that the Holy Spirit told them they need to do. But now you want to get a voting committee called the strife party to come against it because you don't like the way their ministry is going. 
like God gave you the grace to start a church. It, it, it appalls me on how many people can say they're a pastor, but they can't even govern themselves. My God. See, when you keep your eyes on Jesus and your mouth in the word, because God performs his word. You read over in Jeremiah chapter 1, around verse 9, God had to turn around and change Jeremiah's speech, put his word in his mouth so Jeremiah could speak right. But see, God said, I just don't want this to be words in your mouth. I need this word to get in your heart. Because out of the abundance of heart, your mouth is going to speak. And so when we get this word in our mouth, it keeps us from murmuring and complaining. Murmuring and complaining grieves the Holy Spirit of God. Murmuring and complaining grieves the Holy Spirit of God. You know why? Because it's corrupt speech. Murmuring and complaining is not someone who sounds like they're in faith. Someone who's in faith speaks with confidence. They have boldness. They, 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 are, they, they have, they have the, the surety that God's word is going to come to pass. Over in Ephesians 4.29, he tells us to let no corrupt communication proceed forth out of your mouth, but let that which be edified minister grace to the hearers. Then the next verse, verse 30 says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God of whom you sealed by until the day of redemption. So the Holy Spirit don't speak corruptly about preachers. The Holy Spirit ain't the one running around here telling my church hurt. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a verbiage from the pit of hell. And the father of lies is the one who's behind it. If you're not in church today online because of church hurt, you need to repent and get rid of that, that, that garbage and say, Lord, send me to the house because you said you're going to give me shepherds after my own heart. This is a man who has stood the test of times and manned the wall. And what the Lord showed me when I was on my way here. See, one thing about it is when I fly into a region, because I operate in the prophetic, I say, okay, Lord, why am I here other than to preach anniversary? Show me something that I need to understand while I'm here. And what I saw, Dad, was your hands. Your hands on the plow. And there were so many whips and lashes on your hands of things that you've been doing that to the natural eye looked like you healed. Even though you healed, but you're still carrying those things of all the people who lied against you, stolen from you who tried to come in to try to dissolve the ministry, who tried to work witchcraft and voodoo and hoodoo against you, but your hands never released from the plow. And the Lord showed me the furrow, even though all the opposition you went through, that furrow was completely like a plumb line straight. Some of you wouldn't have survived the storms that he's, he suffered and had to deal with in secret that he couldn't allow it to plague the congregation. That lets me know he loves God so much that he won't spew hate to diminish the people. That shows me a man who, who loves God and who trusts God and say, Lord, I will follow you, not Lord, you follow me. If you can, put up there. Would you put up 1 Corinthians? I know I didn't probably give you this, but 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 9. He just told me I need to read this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 9 through 11. Y'all need to know this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 
verse 9 through 11. You need to know this. Verse 9 says, No let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Verse 10. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Verse 10, 11. Now all these things happened to them as examples. As examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of these ages have to come. Now, this was Israel warnings of their past that we should be presently mindful of. You can't say you are a man or woman of faith and you're murmuring and complaining about your conditions. You're supposed to be able to call those things though they be not as though they were. you got to stop allowing conditions to oppress you that it controls your feelings, and you're now speaking out of your feelings, and now you done created something in your future or present in your future that you now got to deal with. Which brings me to my next point. You may have faith for the moment, but do you have faithfulness for the journey? You may have faith for the moment, but do you have faithfulness for the journey? If you look back at Habakkuk chapter 4, chapter 2, verse 4. If you look at verse 4, it says, Behold, his soul is puffed up. That's somebody in pride. See, for the moment they receive something, and all of a sudden they see a blade of something manifest, they get in pride. Now they want to take control of it and say, it's all about me. And then what don't happen, because their soul is not upright, that thing is short-lived. But then when you look at the latter part of the verse, it says, but the righteous shall live by faith. Or another translation say, by their faithfulness. Faithfulness to who? To what the word says. When you know that when you're faithful to what God's word says, you're showing God that you love him. Don't tell God you love him and you're not faithful. I'm going to say that again. Don't tell God you love him and you're not faithful. I'm going to say that in a remix version. Don't, don't, don't tell, 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 you got to be obedient to his word. Repentance is more than I'm sorry. It's the change of mind to apply what the word says I'm supposed to do and discard what I was doing prior to the error that I was operating in. But I love what Proverbs 29 verse 18 says. Y'all should know this verse. Where there's no what? Vision? The people what? Paris. Where there's no vision, people perish. Why? Because one who has vision, and I just told you earlier that vision is a revelation. That's another word for vision. It's a revelation that came from God that inspired you to do something on his behalf with his assistance for you to accomplish it. So it's, it's, it's wise to heed wisdom instruction. It's wise to heed it. Why? Because when you pay attention to wisdom, wisdom is going to do its part. You just got to do your part to believe it. I'm going to say that again. You got to do your part by believing it. There's going to be something that's going to show up contrary to what you just heard to try to get your eyes off of what you heard because the enemy does not want this word to take root. Why has he been successful of stealing the word? Because within Scripture, he can legally steal the word if your mind is on something else. So let the enemy rob you no more. 
The Lord showed me that over the 36 years, every message that was preached here was already predestined by God long before it was ever spoken. It was part of the foundation. See, the foundation was Christ, who's the cornerstone. Christ is the only cornerstone that you should have in your life because if you have any other foundation, when the storm shows up, it's going to be a great collapse. That's why you see some of these fly-by-night ministries. They're so excited. They get all the people that got the smoke and the, and the lightings and all the stuff, and the people come out with the tight, skinny jeans on, and they begin to start give you some, some little tidbit appetizer of the word, and you just follow it all over the place. And all of a sudden, we don't see it no more because this foundation was never on Christ. It was about the individual that was on the stage performing. This is not a church where he comes in here, we got the week to perform. This is a church, he come in here and do the work of the Lord so that the work of the Lord can be done here in the midst of the land of the living. Y'all still with me today? I want to read this here. The next point, it says, a vision to give a righteous, I know I didn't give y'all this point, but we're going to go to the next one, but I want to read this. It says, a vision is given to the righteous who shall live by faith. So many are writing visions that God never spoke to them about. So it's their will and not his will. A puffed up soul is not living, upright living, which creates the resistance by God's grace. And things are withheld from those who are not walking upright. Psalms 8411. Could you put that up there, please? Psalms 84 verse 11. It says, for the Lord God is your shield. Is a is 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 a. I can't see the other word. Okay, there it is. The Lord God is a, is, is a sun and a shield, and the Lord will give grace and glory. And this is the last part. Last part I want you to notice. No good thing will he withhold. So what, 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 is it, what is it contingent upon for it to be released? You walking upright. What is upright walking? Righteousness, holiness. They're twins. Don't tell me you righteous and you still living an unclean lifestyle. Then you get mad because nothing's working out for your good or things seem about to be withheld. That's because your walk is not upright. Y'all still with me today? Put up my next point, please. God's vision is a revelation of plans from his heart to the visionary to run with it. When a visionary is given a vision, they are to run with it. And it's God who's going to lead them. And provision is a factor in from the beginning of the start. It will be released because obedience is in place. As, as the visionary accepts the assignment, that visionary is going to begin to plant and sow. How do a visionary expect you to plant and they not practice plant and sowing? You, you can't be a visionary and not be a sower. That's an oxymoron. That's one of the only, only English word I learned in English was oxymoron. <laughs> you can't be a visionary. You're talking about you ain't sowing nothing, but you expect people to sow to you. God himself thought that way. He's like, look, I so love the world I gave. God is a giver. And you claim you have the heart of God, you should be looking always at times to give, especially to the house of God, especially to a house that has survived 36 years. 
I would be running here. Ain't the doors ain't got to be open. I'll be sitting in online donations all the time. Lord, if you live 36 years, I need for you to be with me 36 plus years. I'm going to sow every time I get. I'm not waiting just to give no tithes and offerings on Sunday. I'm going to sow throughout the week because, Lord, you've been good to them. I want that same goodness that's on them to flow on me. Because what happened when you accept the assignment? First thing is to build the people before you purchase a facility. I'm going to say that again. You build the people before you build a building. You build the people. You build the people. Then the building is going to come. Then what happens is God allows you to purchase a facility, start a school, start other businesses in this work, and to bless the people who grab hold of the vision, and to tear down the demonic entities that occupy in places that belongs to you. There's stuff that belongs to you right now that a demon is in control of it. You drive by it every day and you look at it and you're like, I just wish I had the money to bless. God, there's no shortages in the kingdom of heaven. The only reason there's a shortage is because you're not practicing the principle of sowing. That was a word for a lot of people in here today. Put up Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 18 or 19. And it says, you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good land of which the Lord swore to your forefathers, and to cast out all your enemies from, the, from before you as the Lord has spoken. In other words, we don't set captives free in this city. We should have enough power in demonstration, because we've got enough word that's being preached from this edifice that you can go out and begin to deliver some people. But what's happening is most people want to come to church, but they want to get an assigned position in the church and not take an assignment out there in the streets. Good Samaritans are out on the streets, not in the church. Ooh. You walk by your assignment every day. When are you going to learn to pass the test? I'm going to help you today. Follow the lead in the Holy Spirit, and you'll pass every time. God had to create this place. Put up Luke 4, 18. I'm trying to get the rest of this out. My clock running out. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 20. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives, and to recover the sight of the, to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. God created this place to show the people where his presence is. Every time someone drives down the road and look at this place, this is where God's presence is. It's here. As soon as you pull in through the gates on the grounds, the presence of God is here. Because the message never changed. He never changed the message. He never allowed his feelings to get in his place. He never allowed his wounds to be preached from this pulpit. He allowed the word to be preached. And there was times he preached when there was pain in his heart, but he still had to press his way to keep his focus and keep your focus on the message. Let's bring to the next point right here. God had to build a place for the people to see because it signifies where his message is preached. God had to build this place because everything you see here was really on the inside of him. It came out of him. So that's why this place is in existence because this is a place where the message is preached. 
And when the gospel is heard here and seen here, it, it's being heard and seen for 36 years and counting. And when you see the heart of God in this place, it's only because, possible because of the heart of the man who's leading the charge. Y'all do know that Satan who is the God of this world, got people blinded right now that they can't really see the true glory of this place. But God said, I'm breaking that off of their eyes and their heart, and they're going to see this place. It's going to illuminate on this property, and they're going to come in, and they're not going to look like you. But they're going to need the love that's in you. You got to get, you got to sow to this love. Don't, don't talk about them like they got, you got to sow love to them because that's what they're in need of. This love that you have, that you have this joy that's unspeakable. You got to sow that love. My next point is God's power at work means the vision is being fulfilled by grace. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine. And I got two more and I'm going to close. Can I get one more closing? Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. It says that he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in, your weak, in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You can't do this without the power of God rested on you. I'm going to say it again. You can't do ministry without the power of God not resting on you. You need his power to rest on you to be able to do what he needs for you to do. And he wants to use you for his glory. And we don't steal his glory. One thing I noticed that y'all heard about me being in the movie Dead Razor. But what you don't know about that movie, if you go on YouTube, it says Dead Razor State Patrol scene. There's an eight-minute clip to where the Lord used me while on the state highway patrol as a sergeant to lay hands on a one-year-old infant and raise that one-year-old infant from the dead. And that child today is 17 years old, getting ready to turn 18 years old, all because God used a state trooper who was willing to yield and submit himself to the power of God instead of doing CPR. I just laid my hands on him and followed the instructions of the Holy Spirit, and his grace was sufficient and the manifestation of that child is alive today. So God's power work. Let's bring me to my next point. God's power at work means obedience is done and love is executed. I'm going to say that again. God's power at work means obedience is done and love is executed. Y'all really need to know this. It's over in 1 Samuel 15, 22, when it says one of the most striking examples of this principle is found in this chapter where the prophet Samuel declares to King Saul, have the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Some of us are giving offerings and we're still in disobedience. God don't want no disobedient offerings. When God tells you to do something, your offering to him is not going to set things right. Repentance is what's going to set things right. When God tells you to cut it off, you got to cut it off. You can't keep staying connected with it. When God said cut it off, he means to cut it off. You can't keep staying connected with it. Now, in the case of Jesus and Judah's situation, there was a time of separation that the father had already set up for Jesus, for Jesus and Judas to separate each other because Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him. That's the appointed time. 
Jesus knew exactly everyone that was in his fold who was walking with him. And some of y'all don't even know who you're walking with. And these people have influence over your life, and they have more influence over your life than the Holy Spirit, and they're influencing you to become somebody that the Lord never told you not to be. Because every time you think about what they're saying, you're going to become it. What's a man thinking in his heart? So is he. How did you become to think that way? It's because what was sown into your mind and your heart, and now you become that. Some of you can't break bad habits because you're around people who condone your bad habits. My last point. I hope y'all getting something out of this. God's power works when the actions of the visionary shows that he loves God. God's power works when he shows he loves God. It's over in 1 John 2, 5. Can y'all put that up there, please? 1 John chapter 2, verse 5. It says, but whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And by this, we know that we are in him. You abide in Christ by this perfect love. And it is this perfect love that casts out all fear because fear is what torments you. Considering that God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but however power, love, and a sound mind. So therefore, there should not be any fear other than reverential fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, which is the whole duty of man. And so when we live a life in this love of God, we can accomplish and do all things because he's the one who's ordering our steps. Then he said, what, well, Psalms 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. All of this was ordered. I said, all of this was ordered. See, me being a military man, I understand orders. And when you understand, you can't deviate from the orders, because if you deviate from the orders, you can be court-martialed. You have an accuser of the brethren who's waiting to bring forth accusations against you, and because the accuser of the brethren is accusing you, does not mean what he's accusing you of is a lie, especially when you're in disobedience. But when you grab hold of the heart of the visionary, and the Lord sees, that you grab hold of the heart of the visionary. Then revelation will come to you to the, help you to uh, understand the identity of the one you're following. Think about this for a moment. Jesus asked his 12, who do people say that I am? They said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're the other prophet. He said, okay, I hear what you heard what the people say. Because, see, you got to know who you're walk, walking with because they, they, they can hear some things that you're not hearing. That's why he asked the question. He said, okay, so but who do you say that I am? Peter was the only one who said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, blessed are you, Simon, by drawing for flesh and blood. See, people can talk about certain things, but flesh and blood can't reveal to you a revelation of who I am, only God himself. And when God has the heart of the people, when the people have the heart of their visionary, God will begin to reveal to you revelation about the one whom you follow. Because it's important on who you're following because you're going to end up following somebody who's blind, as blind as you, and you both fall in the ditch. 
But one thing about I can honestly say about my daddy and mom in the faith, they're not blind. They got their eyes open. They can see. Their faces fixed like focus on the, and, and gleaning from the gospel because they know the gospel was true before there ever was and the gospel will still be true long after they transition because the gospel is the only message that's accepted in heaven and it's declared to be the truth here in the earth and we should never deviate from it. We should keep the gospel in our heart and not sin against God because God thought enough of us to save us. We need to go out here and save other people. Give them the message of salvation. Give them the message of hope. If God who, who saved you don't hide your salvation anymore, let people know. Shout to the rooftop. I believe I'm born again. Glory to God. I wouldn't be alive had it not been for God. I could have been taken out by this straight bullet. I could have been taken out by COVID. I could have been taken out by the thief of the murder at night. But glory to God, he kept me in this secret place of the most helping me to live and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And every time I wake up and arise from my bed, I'm mindful of what the things God has done for me long before I went to sleep. 36 years. And we still got people not honoring the value that it made it 36 years because they was looking for another outcome. Some of them already done died off, thinking it was never going to stay in existence. But the only reason why it's still running and continues to run is because the word was never deviated. He never deviated from the message. He never deviated from the message. And because you never deviated from the message, that's why all the power of heaven rests upon you. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.